Ahoy, welcome to a brand new episode of Baffled. It's your favourite fact podcast. Back once again, a little bit late, but still sounding. Oh, it's so great. My name's Dan. Thank you for being there. We're going to bring you nine facts, three on my end. They're all about Britain. One about what we do very well and two kind of baffling things, hence the name. Mark is also here. What you got? Right, this week for you, something medical, something fishy and something for Connor. Oh, great. There you go. Suck us in already. Connor, what do you have? Polar bears, corkscrews and also some blue wow information. Right, stick around. It's a brand new episode of Baffled. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/achieve today. I'm thinking we're being a bit leisurely and casual with our teases, you know. Are we just saying one word, boys? I, I, I just want to keep you on the Dartboard, edge. Wales. I, I, I don't want to give you too much. I don't want you. I don't want a chance for you to get either too hyped or too like ugh about it. Right. Give right. you one word. Just right. gives you a little tease. Gives you a little bit. Number one. We don't use the word hyped, Mark. It's not 2004. Number two, Dan, when you open up the podcast saying, oh, so late, but still so great, it kind of creates the vibe of our entrance to the facts. Because, I mean, that is not okay. But that's what we're doing. Yeah, but- I even did it in an ironic voice, Connor. Yeah, but- I did it in an ironic voice. It's a little bit community, isn't it? It's kind of like that community radio station as the first presenter that comes. He's like, oh, you all right? <laughs> so I'm here with you on the evening show. Bit late, but oh, so great. It's a good point. Uh, but, uh, you know, the ironic voice is there. People got the drift. I'm going to do it a little bit more creative. We're going to talk about the livers in a polar bear and why we shouldn't consume them. Corkscrews and the time of which they were made. And then we're going to look at blue whales and children. No. Yeah, I think there's a happy medium. Mm. Yeah. I think there's a happy medium. Too far the other way, mate. Yeah, probably, yeah. A yeah. bit too much effort. Cram it all down. Well, the easiest way to get these facts is... Uh, just to have them in the entirety. So, Connor, take it away. What's first? So, if you eat a polar bear's liver, you will instantly die. Well, not maybe not instantly, but it will be a pretty quick death because humans cannot handle that level of vitamin A. How much do you have to eat? Well, the whole liver. So, if I... It, oh, that's interesting. So... So, the liver, of, the liver, obviously, of a polar bear is filled with so much vitamin A that, yeah, it just... it would your you body, you body would completely OD. Okay. I, I really enjoyed the use of the word obviously in there, Connor. I mean, obviously. <laughs> yeah, obviously. The liver obviously. of a polar bear is um, filled with so much vitamin A. Exactly. So the first thing I'd have told you, if you'd have asked me about the liver of a polar bear, I'd be like, 
obviously there's a lot of vitamin A in that. Yeah, so the reason that they have like a lot of vitamin A, if you're sitting there wondering why, because I certainly did, is because they've got lots of fatty tissues. They accumulate lots of vitamin A, particularly in their liver through that. Since vitamin A is fat soluble, it builds up within that fatty tissue there. So it's just an, an insane amount of it. Um, so one liver and yeah, Bob's your uncle, you're dumb. I wonder what the the point is, the point of no return. Mm. Like, I wonder if you can get away with eating two thirds of a liver mm. and you've still not had enough vitamin A. Like, I wonder at what point it catches up with you. And I wonder if you would actually be dead by the time that you finished it. I know what you mean. I think it's definitely a situation as well with this fact where they have assumed based on the level of vitamin A they've recorded in the liver that it would kill you as opposed to this has actually been an experiment. Because number one, a polar bear's liver probably isn't okay to eat. And number two, I can't imagine they actually put somebody through the no, process. I think that's exactly how they did it, Connor. They just got the intern they didn't really like and just went, look, here's a selection of different animal livers. Try them and let's see which ones you survive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, Bob's looking a little bit wonky on the old polar, but we've got Greg over here who's on the old leopard's liver and he's got it nice and strong. It's... They're quite hard to get hold of, I would imagine. Not a lot of polar bears around. Notoriously quite ferocious creatures and mean. No, yeah, I kind, I kind of feel like, like, yes, you might die if you <clears throat> eat a polar bear's liver, but there's also a large chance you're going to die if you try and get a polar bear's liver. But you're not going to do it when they're alive, aren't you? Mental. You're probably going to wait for the polar bear to be a little bit dead to start dissecting livers out of it. You're not going to approach a live polar bear with like a machete and start cutting it apart. Number one, animal quarry. And number two, he would kill you first. That's where you're having trouble, Mark. I know, yeah. You, you, you're desperate craving for vitamin A. You're just not even <laughs> waiting until the polar bear's dead. What gives so you much of it is what I want. What gives you vitamin A in just general life? You're asking the wrong person, I'm afraid. I only know my, my, my vitamins B12, no. C and D. I'm asking the wrong person, but if you need to know about the local post box, Dan's your man. But where vitamin A comes from, <laughs> no idea. Vitamin A is highest in liver and fish oils, unsurprisingly. There you go. Not... Um, well, and that's why polar bears have them, you yeah. imagine. Uh, not exactly related, though, are they? Po- uh, post boxes and polar bear vitamin A no, quantities. Yeah. Different interests, no, for they, sure. They are absolutely mutually exclusive interests. If you're interested in, po- in post boxes, you're never interested in vitamin A. It's a true fact. It's also, it flags up. What's interesting is we eat the animals that we can eat. You know, so we can eat cow's liver, I would imagine, and, you know, pig's livers. or the li- When you eat liver... Like that's from an animal that we can eat, and I don't think we've tried to eat many livers that we end up dying with. Like this was all through an experiment, so that's that's quite cool. The the nice circle of life there. Obviously, you are a vegetarian, Dan. But Mark, do you ever have liver? Is that something that you enjoy? Uh, no, not really. Yeah, I've never been on board of it. It freaks me out a little bit. I find it all a little bit too intense. That's like the... I feel like if you're a liver eater, you are really the furthest away from ever becoming vegan or vegetarian. You're like maxed yeah. out on meat eating. When, you're maxed it's, it's, out. It's, I just don't think you should be eating organs. Liver and kidney. It's like when you're like, oh, steak pie. Oh, it's steak and kidney. No, I don't really... don't want to be eating the kidney. So, I don't know because I... Like the furthest removed from vegans will be these like, you know, massive meat bros, the type that will find a cow and go and skin it and kill it in the, you know, in the outback or somewhere. Whereas liver is just an old man food. It's what grandparents mm. eat just because during wartime they would have had to really use everything that they could have. So I think that's why we don't eat it. And it's quite a rich taste, isn't it? Do you reckon it? at some stage in the history of the world a human liver has been consumed? Probably. Yeah, probably. Mm. People called cannibals. Cannibals, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. It's a good thought, that, isn't it? Mark, give us your first fact of the show. 
Okay, so I'm going to tell you about a thing the World Health Organization have called the ICD-11. You know, when you look at it that way, it's quite boring. Good start. The 11th revision of the International Classification of Diseases. Basically, there's 55,000 unique codes for different injuries, diseases and causes of death. But when you start looking at some of them, because this is what I do on a Friday night, there are some very bizarre ones in there. There's a unique code for being struck by a duck. That is its own unique code, so doctors can clarify that. Also, struck by a macaw, you might think are similar. Different code. Uh, There is codes for bitten by a cow, kicked by a cow, and also other contact with cow. There's a code for problems in relationship with in-laws or sibling rivalry, which leads to incident. Uh, There's a code for walked into a lamppost. And my favourite one, burns due to water skis on fire. Very specific. I think the obvious question here is, at what point is being struck by a duck a pandemic? How many people do we have to have be struck by ducks until we go, look, we need to lock down? I mean, at what point? I mean, the great duck uprising of uh, 2024, which is coming, Connor. Watch out for it. Knowing the world, knowing the world that we live in right now, though, and how mental it is and how like these weird things are happening, you would not be surprised if one day you flicked on your CNN or your BBC News and it was like, struck by a duck epidemic, you know, thousands of people struck by ducks. I'd believe it right now. I'd be like, oh, God. I mean, I would say that's maybe going too far, but more I would say is, at what point did a doctor go, look, I've got a code for being struck by a bird, but I really want to be able to do it for struck by a duck or struck by a macaw. It's two very different injuries and I want to separate them out in a clear code system. What 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 does the code system, just, uh, just quickly, because I need a little bit of background on this, but what does the code system do? What's the purpose of it? So basically, if you're in the hospital, you get treated or you've died and then he's put a reason for death, then they have all of these codes for the reason behind that. So if you were sucked into a jet engine, then you would get the code V97.33XD. <laughs> it sounds like a bad way to go. Do you have the cow codes to hand? Uh, being uh, other contact with a cow is W55.29XA. How different is that from being kicked by a cow? Uh, I don't know the different codes, but I know that they have three individual codes for bitten kicked or other contact what other contact is there i'm just interested to see the difference in the two like at what like did did one follow on from the other so were they on v1944765 and then they thought oh or well, 766 could be being eaten by a code 767 could be being kissed by a cow or whatever it is so it's yeah i'm just throwing this out there and i have to say this because it's my opinion We've got the Nigel Awards just around the corner, and I think I'm going to be honest in saying that this could maybe be, for me, one of the best facts that we've ever had, for simple reasons. It's informative, it's actual real life, nonsense, and ridiculous, all, all in the same thing. So, Mark, bravo. Yeah, well done. It's a great Thank fact. You. Well done. It's a great fact. We went around the houses to get there, didn't we? Yeah, we did, we went yeah. around the houses to get there. Yeah, but that's what Mark yeah. does. Don't forget, I hold the Nigel Award for the best waffle, so it's always going to happen. So, Mark, what's the code for being struck by a duck just so that we can always be on our A-game if we see a death certificate? W61.62XD. Right, first fact of the show for me. This is all about Britain's first official witch. That was her actual Mm. job description. A 71-year-old witch uh, who is still around now. She was allowed to register as a self-employed witch which means she can write off ingredients for potions as tax tax deductible. No way. How? That is great. 
These facts are great today. I'm sorry, but can you imagine being like, we have the HMRC over here, they're the people that look after all your tax, and you have to fill out your occupation. I would be so concerned if I saw which. I would definitely be looking into all files. She definitely is not breaking the law and dodging tax because they're looking into her 24-7. Cassandra Latham-Jones is 71. She was allowed to register as a self-employed witch using the term which she puts on her tax returns to HMRC, the tax man. Uh, this is in the UK. Have a guess where you would say the first ever village witch was. What county? Have a guess. Mark, I reckon you might get a stab at this. Mm, I feel like it's going to be somewhere somewhere like Devon or Norfolk. Connor, any advances on Devon or Norfolk? Um, Maybe like East Sussex, somewhere like that. Well, Mark got close. It's Cornwall in St. Buryan, where actually I think I was a few years ago. Uh, had a terrible pint, got kicked out of the pub. It's a story for another day. How were the post boxes? This would have been probably pre-post box okay, interest, yeah. which is a shame because there would have been quite a lot of old post boxes there. Too young for that a couple of years ago, weren't you? Not quite a post box level. Latham Jones has been a witch. She's been the official wise woman for the village of St. Buryan in Cornwall for more than 30 years. She offers services including tarot card reading, rituals, sea, ma- sea magic, dark arts, spells and wart charming. Yes, Connor, with your hand up. At what point do you qualify as a witch, young Daniel? Do we have to get a university degree for this? Who turns around and goes, no. you're officially a witch? Well, I think, I think she decided she would be a witch and then the people who she lived with in her village were maybe humouring her she probably put it on a tax return, no one really noticed. And it's got to the point now where, as I say, she claims spells and potions on expenses. So your eye of new, tax deductible. Your cauldron, <laughs> tax deductible. Spells and potions equals dishwasher tablets, pretty much. And she's just yeah. deducting them from her tax. Clever. They are magic, aren't they? Or you can... Uh, what you, you might know that Connor's recently moved into his own flat. What an adult reference from him there. Someone's been busy buying adult things. Honestly, dishwasher, dishwasher tablets. This is this is more magical than trying to sort out my internet provider. <laughs> oh, do you know what? I've only been in the flat five days. The boiler's already broken and I've had a noise complaint. So, so far, so good. What are you doing to get a noise complaint? Let's not ask questions. It's It's all yeah. good. It's all good in the hood. Young Daniel. Just to open, I'm older than you, but we'll move on. Just to open uh, your lives up to the listeners, how's the poo situation? What's going on? Because you've moved into a place without a poo dungeon. It's absolutely fantastic. I have a separate toilet for me where I go in there. I have have 10 minutes. You've got two toilets in a one bedroom flat in London. No, no, no. We share the toilet, but it's separate from the bedroom. So therefore I'm separated from Hayley at the time where I have a good old poo. It's great. It's great. I'm really enjoying it. Welcome to the 21st century. Also, it's great ventilation. It's what we've all been doing. No one has been there going, oh, really wish I had a toilet in my my bedroom. Except for you. It's great ventilation. Welcome to modern life. Right. Connor, give us your second fact of the show. Okay, so a small child, um, I'm not going to be able to give you a size because this was all the facts said. A small child could swim through the veins of a blue whale. I'll be, I'll be honest with you, Connor, without to fact top you, I thought much bigger things could get through the, ways of a, the, the veins of a blue whale. I thought you could drive a mini car. Well, that was the line thought, a few yeah. years ago. Yeah, it might have been a mini car. I, but I, I remember we actually had a fact similar to this once. And it was about the fact that wasn't it like a bus could fit in the stomach of a blue whale? It was, there was something like that. It was like a mental fact. And we're not talking about stomachs in this. We're talking about the veins. So slightly different. Um, but yeah, apparently yeah. the... the um, <clears throat> oh, I see. 
Have, Why have don't they have a run up? This is right. This is the, I, I, I moan about this enough, but please just put simple words. If anybody out there is an aspiring scientist, you know, body part person, please just make the names and words easy. Aorta alone yeah. measures mm-hmm. in at over nine inches. You struggled with the word aorta there? Well, yeah, because I looked at it and I was like, is it a silent oh, A? Is it orta? You know, oh, are we God. dropping the O? Is it aorta? I don't no, it sounds like otter to me. Do you know what the A otter is? A vein? Big one to your heart. Yeah, it's actually an artery, but yeah. Right. Oh, God. Here we go. Do you know the difference between a vein and an artery is, Connor? <laughs> They're very important, Connor. Uh, no, I don't. And, and honestly, I don't care. But it's nine inches, and yeah, you can fit a small child in it. Apparently, they can swim through it. Can't imagine it's enjoyable, but... It's a very small child, isn't it? I'm going to do the math. Nine inches. Yeah, I mean... You... Uh, yeah, I... Th- yeah, stop that. I... I, yeah, I always thought it was a small car. I, I had visions of driving a Mini into the heart of a blue whale. Well, you can on my facts a bit more if you want. I don't really know. But I thought it was small child based on what I read. But you never know. It could be a Mini Cooper too, says Dan. Either one's going to do. This webpage says the arteries are so large, a full-size human could swim through them. Not just a small child, a full-size human. Well, do you know well to be fair to Connor, he did not, he did not define how big the, the human was. No, he just said he small said he child. Look, he, he, he explicitly said, I don't know how big the child is. Just all over my fact, seriously. Mark, give us your second fact of the show. The most stress-free way to restock mountain lakes with trout is to drop them from a plane. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. yeah. it's. Uh, I'll be honest with you, not something I've ever been stressed over in my life. Well, let me clarify that this is the most stress-free for the trout. Oh, oh okay. yeah. Hey, guys, you know when you get really stressed? When you get really stressed, when you've got to restock your, your ponds I, I up know, in the mountains? Right. Well, here's something for you. Um, okay, how, how do they monitor trout stress? Do we know? Why, why are we talking about, like, sometimes we need to what do you mean? Sometimes we need to just know when to not go any further. We don't care no, about the stress. that's interesting. Well, you care about the stress we levels do, but- of a f- trout. <laughs> well... No, Mark said specifically no, 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 a second no. ago, he said, it's yeah. the most, no, one second, he said very specifically, it's the most stress-free for the trout. So my point is, how do they know when, like, what are the trout doing that lets you know that they're stressful? Surviving. Or they're like, I don't care about levels, it's, it's like... Surviving, yeah. essentially. So, uh, the way that they used to restock these mountain lakes, because you can only get up there very remotely, is that they would put them on the back of a horse. Put them in basically like milk, like the big milk churns with water. Put them on the back of a horse. But survival rate wasn't that high. So they came up with a new idea in 1956 where they essentially would fly over the top of a lake and just drop them. Just drop them from a height into the lake. The survival rate went massively up. 95% of trout survive that way. And all they're doing is just pushing them off the back of a plane. feel sorry for these poor trouts. Apparently, they're fine Mark, why are you bringing this fact to a vegan? Here we go. We're going to have a sit down <laughs> yeah, now, aren't we, about yeah. trouts and the lives of trouts and why we should care about the, uh, the poor trouts. Uh, well, you should just care about all animals. You wait, Mark, off the back of this million listener week podcast that we've got, we're going to have a protest in London with signs saying, up the trouts. Well, they've been what? doing this since 1956 what? because more survive. So actually it's more trout friendly and therefore more stress free for them. Okay, uh, but the, the trout are being fished, right, I would imagine? Yeah, the trout are being put in there to be fished, which is why they have to keep refilling them. What a strange individual. They get fished. In, 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 a world of, in a world of a Nintendo Switch and the internet, what strange individual needs to go and kill fish? Poor little trout to get his jollies. These odd, these odd, odd people. 
Um, still, that's quite cool. The, the image of loads of trout flying off the back of a off the back of a plane. Yeah. And they, what country they, is kind of specialised this? Do you know? Uh, this is done mainly in Utah. There is two hundred remote mountain lakes in Utah, and they all use the aerial fish drop method. Second fact of the show. The first one was about strange Brits with their black magic. Here's another one. Back in 1994, an insurance broker called Stephen Young in England was found guilty of a gruesome double murder. The police believed that justice had been served. It had come at the end of a long uh, trial. The jury couldn't really figure something out. Then suddenly, bam, they came in. They knew that this guy had done it. How did they get there? Well, back at the hotel one evening, they got a Ouija board out and they thought they would ask the person who had been killed how they died. So the jury put their fingers on the little glass that moves around the Ouija board and said, who killed you? And then the glass spelled out, Stephen Young did it. Then they asked how, and the glass spelled shot. And then the glass spelled out, vote guilty tomorrow. So this jury convicted one man. It's a lot of words. It's a, long, it's a long time they were there at the Ouija board. Yeah, I know. But yeah, they, they convicted him. They put him down because of a Ouija board. Uh, Connor, have you ever done a Ouija board? I would imagine this is something that you might have done. No, I actually, the reason that I've gone quite quiet is because the whole Ouija board thing is not my bag. I don't like talking. I, I, it freaks me out a little bit. I'm not really about it. I, I believe that there are what, actual, what, I feel you can open up. The, Doors and what what freaks you out when people push no, I just don't, glasses around? No, I just don't think it's a wise makes. thing to mess around with. I don't, I don't know why people would play games or with stuff like that. It's just, it's just, I'm, yeah, I'm not into it personally. Personally, well, I just don't well, think do it's it, a thing. But people do it to mess with their mates, don't they? They they push the glass around. Oh, so you don't believe in ghosts? Well, I, I, if I do, I don't believe that the one I, look. Ghosts may be possible, <laughs> sure. Um, you know, in a, in a universe of, of unlimited possibilities the ghosts can be out there i really don't believe that the way that ghosts are making themselves known are through some bizarre board game that was marketed to, to families in like i don't know the early 1900s i think if we go it back to strange way. i think if we go back to the fact as well based around what we're saying it's almost like it's not really a thing imagine actually being sent to jail because the ouija boarders said your name it's not does it hold up in court maybe that i don't know it's 1994 no. it doesn't really no. yeah it doesn't hold up in yeah exactly yeah yeah no um yeah, it's it's like I was looking at uh, oh I was I was actually through someone that we worked with I was looking through uh, through some TikTokers the other day they and they do um they've got a TikTok account where they chart the ghosts in their house in their new build house and I just think whenever I watch these things why are the ghosts making themselves clear by pushing your photos off a bookshelf while you've got a camera running also why would That's, they be in a new build they'd have house things to do. Like in an old yeah, haunted exactly. house, fine. In a new one, what, the ghosts have gone, you know what, we've been here for 300 years, I just really fancy a bit more space. Can we get somewhere with a garden? Yeah, and they're, they're always in old buildings, uh, isn't there? They are rightly in always in old buildings, but, you know, in traditionally strange-looking buildings. Whereas, you know, we do a lot of our work in London. If there are going to be ghosts anywhere, I'll be wandering up and down Oxford Street, you would imagine. Absolutely. So that's my thing. And also the answers to this seem a bit too cut and dry. Uh, but interesting, though, Connor, the way that that kind of mm. affected you so much. You felt such a presence of the spirits there. I believe so. Pushback. 
Push Your Peak is a brand new podcast brought to you by What Bike. Join me, Louise Minchin, and some of the world's most incredible sports people to learn what it takes mentally and physically to push yourself beyond your limits. Whether you're an elite or everyday athlete, it can be hard to continually progress. How do you push yourself out of your comfort zone? Where do you go to find that inner drive? Tune in to hear these inspiring stories and take away the belief that you can achieve your own goals no matter how big or small. You can find us wherever you got this podcast. Just search Push Your Peak. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. You can always get in touch with the show. It's info at baffledpod.com. We are at baffledpod on Instagram and TikTok too. And... You can always have a watch of the sparkling videos on our YouTube channel at Baffled Pod there. Last facts of the episode. Late but great. Are these the latest and greatest of them all, Connor? Last one, go. The corkscrew was invented 1,000 years after the cork. Now, the reason that I bought this fact is because we have done facts like this before with the toaster. And I think there was something about there was something created before the thing was created or, or something like that. A thousand years, 1,000 years is a ridiculous amount of time to create the thing that gets the cork out of the thing. That is a long old time. You think like five, ten years max. A thousand? One thousand years? Yeah, but, but I think the, the other thing to consider here is for those thousand years... Were people struggling going, oh, I wish there was a way to do this? Or were corks only put enough in the bottle that you could just pull it out easy enough with your hands? Well, my thought process was, was uh, so there was a patent that went through that actually kind of accepted it as created, right, a thousand years later. I think previous to that, maybe it was already created, but nobody knew that it was a thing or people were doing it, but it wasn't actually called a corkscrew. They were just getting it out in a way that they felt they would do but as for the actual screw that screws into the cork and everything that patent was made a thousand years later like do you know uh, roughly when 1765 the corkscrew was patented and 1665 was when obviously the 
cork was created. Isn't that a hundred years? Can't get my head around those ones that look like the the bloke kind of waving his arms up and down, you know, when you dig it in and then you push down. I hate those. Yeah, I just, want just, to get my head can we just them. go back to the dates a second? How how long between a corkscrew being invented and a cork? Sixteen seventy five and seventeen just a thousand years okay, later. So, so hundred so years. Hundred years. Oh well it said a thousand, so whatever a thousand is on sixteen seventy five. We haven't got there so yet. Six seventy five. Have we not? I mean, I'm I'm, I'm impressed by your lack Before of maths after. here. Add a thousand to sixteen sixty five. What'd you get? Sixteen thousand. One thousand <laughs> six. I don't really give a. F- the corkscrew was created after the cork after a long no. time. Okay, sure. There we go. Bury that one in your f- pop pipe and smoke it. Right, let's let's move on, Mark. Stop googling when the corkscrew was invented, which is no doubt what you're doing. I am. I'm, and tr- give I'm us trying your to figure out the when show. the heck Connor is trying to make this work from. The results have come back in. It's a hundred years. But still a sizable amount yeah. of time, a sizable 100 years of kind of waffling without a cork. Although I imagine they probably didn't put bottles of wine out that widely, so they didn't need to jam them in that hard. Mark, give us your last fact of the show. Okay, this one's for you, Connor, because I know you just moved into a new place. Going back to the early 20th century, when Americans moved out of one house and into the other, they would burn all their dishcloths so that no bad energy that had been wiped up in the old house would move with them into their new abode. So, big question, Connor. Did you bring any dishcloths with you from your parents' house? And if so, when are you planning on burning them? No, I bought dishcloths. Bought new ones. Good idea. New energy. Bought new ones. But this this does open up a uh, conversation of, do you dry your hands with your tea towel? Yeah. No, I have a separate towel. Separate? Because this was a tweet I saw, and yeah, people say that they don't dry their hands with their tea towel, because that's disgusting, because you're meant to do it with... With yeah, yes. Yeah, well, there's towel. well, there's well, there's two things here. How dirty do they think my hands are? I've just like, cleaned them. Like di- disgusting areas, I think a bit of a stretch. I there's a little towel that I'll use that a separate like a flannel almost. Uh, and also, I'm a big fan of a of a flinging my hands around. Sometimes I'll do that. I'm, I'm a drip. I'm a drip dryer. So Connor, you just moved into this flat. What other spectacular? things have you bought for your very first flat? Um, I had an absolute Del Boy last night when I bought a sofa bed. Um, so sofa beds, very expensive. Um, we can all relate to that no matter where you're from. They're bloody expensive. So we was looking for the type of sofa bed we wanted, which was a good one. It was looking about a £1,000. It's a lot of money. Went to oh, a... £100. I thought, <laughs> went to, a, um, went to a, a nice man and, yeah, he had it up for... £850, um, it had been used twice, and I went, when are you moving out, mate? He was like, Friday, I need it gone, no one wants it. I was like, I've got 400 cash and I can take it now. Took it. So have you got a sofa bed so people can stay over? Yeah, yeah and I, obviously I've got a lot of family um, that come over from America and stuff, so it allows him to stay. Okay, it might be different with the family from America, but in one year's time, what are we? We're recording this on... 22nd of March. 
<laughs> yeah, okay. On the day of release, that's why it's late. So recording this on the 22nd of March. Let me come back to you in a year's time and I want to see how many people have stayed on that sofa bed because you have done what everyone does. They get themselves a sofa bed thinking people will come mm. and stay around and then no one ever does. Um, I'm just really interested. And this is this is nothing against you because you know, if you've got family coming over from... Uh, Houston or wherever it is in Texas, Austin. Uh, I'm that might be a thing, but I'm just very curious. Mm. Oh, it's a fair point. I'll get back to you in a year. Right, last fact of the show, I believe. Hidden in World War Two RAF pilots' uniforms was a compass made of buttons. Two buttons. If an enemy, if a if a, sol- uh, a pilot was dropped in enemy lines, if they were downed, if they were in. Germany or Poland or wherever it was back at the time, they would remove two buttons, they would plonk one on top of the other, and then the top one would spin and point north so they could figure that where they were and their way out just by two ingenious buttons. Very clever. Very clever. Makes life so much easier, doesn't it, as well? Like, it might... <laughs> Does it? Yeah. How often... I would say it very rarely in my day-to-day life am I thinking... Fuck me, where's north? Where is north? Well, you are when you're viewing places, aren't you? Aren't you? You've got Google Maps, so... Yeah, you want to know what... Easy you know, view, the mate. You don't, need, you don't need your compass buttons. Also, how often are you dropping into enemy territory not knowing exactly where you are? Hmm? Can't tell you. Can't tell me Can't tell you about that. But it just reminds me, I wanted to revisit this. In one of the first episodes we did, we, we spoke about the spy kit that people would shove up their bum, and and we had great... A great time thinking about what was in yours, Connor. Do you remember what was in your spy kit that you shoved up your uh, ass? Yeah, um, it was um, Beecham's. Yeah. Jaffa cake. Yeah. Yeah, it was the Jaffa cake. I remember the Jaffa and cake. And the little connector for your iPhone when you want to use your Orgs lead. What was the Beecham's again? Beecham's, just for if you got the flu or you feel a bit run down, a bit of Beecham's power. <laughs> yeah. You just never know when you're, you're going to need it. <laughs> you're, getting, you're getting tortured. But, oh, I could do with a bit of lem sip. I got a bit of a dry throat. <laughs> All right, then. Uh, that draws to an end uh, this episode of Baffled. Thank you for sticking with us. I know it's a little bit late today. What have we learned? Well, you can register to become an official witch and get wands and cauldrons off your tax fee, which is fantastic. Also, there is an official medical code for getting slapped by your mother-in-law, I would assume, and corkscrews were invented one billion years in the past. Remember that. Say goodbye, Mark. <laughs> goodbye. Say goodbye, Connor. Adios. And we will see you Friday for a brand new episode of Connor Explains. Until then, bye-bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.